Okay. <clears throat> Cue intense piano music. Now, when I joined the CIA, I was worried that I would never be able to um, make fun of... I was worried I wouldn't be able to punch down at work. And I said, well, then me and my friend Joe Rogan have to start the edgy CIA. Yeah, let me call Joe Rogan Jordan Peterson. Um, no, I'm the host, Jordan Peterson, and you're my guest, Joe Rogan, and this is the Edgy CIA podcast. Can you, I mean, Joe, uh, what, why don't you tell us a little bit about the developments in the Edgy CIA? I'm glad you asked. You see, um, Jordan, this CIA is more or less identical to the former CIA. Now we're just up front, and we're using the slurs we would normally use behind closed doors, but in press conferences. Yeah, basically all we did was uh, we just outlawed memos now you have to say everything out loud yeah now it's all word of mouth we actually don't do any written form we just uh, yell and scream and but it has to be whispered because we are a spy agency yeah it's it's a very close line but you know like that yell kind of whisper yeah. where it's the same as your normal voice it's just a little airier yeah yeah that's every, how everything's communicated every now. time i walk into work in the morning somebody pulls me aside and they go welcome to the edgy cia motherfucker we don't give a shit around here What's up, you little bad bitch? You're ready to divide up Iraq into oil fields? Yeah. What's up, but you except they don't. Slut? They don't. <laughs> You're ready to crush the Kurds? Are you ready to make the Kurds on the, the genocide, guys? Are you ready to clap that ass until ISIS starts? <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you think about that for the opening bit? A little political, but I'm in. What movie are we doing this week? Also, before we do that, what podcast is this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hey, thanks for tuning in. That was us being facetious. It's actually the Your Parents Watch This podcast. I'm your host, Kean Beatty. I'm with my guest, Brad Semituk. How's it going? Um, bad. My brain hurts. Perfect impression. <laughs> I'm addicted to doing snuff. Well, well I'm Kean Beatty, and I'm addicted to um, bringing shame to my family. I go, I go to my mom's house every week, and I smash one of her mother's dates. <laughs> <laughs> Brad's a liar. Uh, Brad's a liar, and this week I'm we watched... Cut out that whole uh, Brad is thing. a liar. I'm going to say it enough times that you can't cut around it. Brad's a liar, and this week we did Karate Kid. It came out in... Uh, Brad's a liar. It came out in 1984. Uh, <laughs> it stars um, Ralph Macchio as Daniel DeRusso, or Daniel LaRusso. Uh, Pat Morita as Mr. Miyagi. Uh, Elizabeth Shue is the love interest, uh, uh, Allie, and uh, William Zabka is the bad guy, Johnny. Yep. Now, Kian-san, if we have a good episode this week, I am going to take you down to the parking lot and let you pick any car you want down there, and you're allowed to take that home. Well, Bradley-son, I have not been able to focus on this movie well, so it's going to be a weird episode this week. So I'll Well, that was a reference tell to you right movie. now we don't have to do that, and also, I know that was a reference. if we have a bad episode, you have to push my car down the highway like Daniel-son did. You know what memory this movie shook loose seeing it? Mm. I had a teacher in grade six, uh, and also in grade six there was a kid named Daniel in my class, and that teacher was like, oh my God, like the karate kid. And we'll just call him Danielson the whole time. Like, the whole year he called him Dan. He signed my yearbook as Danielson. Like, that was how much it meant to this guy. And he would also do, uh, he'd always do Japanese accent and be like, wax on, wax off. And just, but like, the whole year, man. Like, that was 
so much racist impressions from this fucking grade six teacher just because he uh <laughs> there was a kid named daniel in our class <laughs> it set him off for a whole year <laughs> that's so funny that same thing happened to me when i was a kid i had a friend named dan and uh he came over one time my dad called him daniel son once i had never seen the movie yeah didn't get the reference called this guy that until we stopped knowing each other man i feel so bad for people who have like a movie name like that because you know adrian oh, actually no we called him that until damn daniel happened and then we called him damn daniel <laughs> for the rest of the time but sorry i was just gonna say you know adrian Creo, local comic host of the comedy dojo on twitch every one of the days of the week yeah um when i first met him i had to like literally before we'd hang out i'd have to be like hey yo adrian and just like get rid of all the fucking Rocky jokes out of my head oh, I didn't so I could uh, treat him with respect. You're telling me that. I'm just saying, man, word association is a real thing. And when you're as dumb as me and you see something that reminds you of another thing that you like to say, all bets are off. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that point. I'm just questioning your like thought of like you think you were just nice to this guy. You don't think I was nice you to Adrian? You just got it out, and then you were just nice? Though. I got it out, <laughs> and then I'm saying I wasn't any meaner than I normally w- I at least didn't mock his name. I could have okay. done a lot of other things that I forget. We're on good terms now. I'm sure we weren't then, but like, <laughs> I at least didn't make fun of his name. And I that's think that's, fair, man. hey, man, it's all about the small victories. Yeah, yeah, I'm just keeping you honest over here. That's my job. I'm the accessory guy on the podcast. There was also that one time when we were at a fucking fire pit at that guy's house, and they were calling me mean, and then I challenged them to name one mean thing that I did to any of them, and they couldn't do it. Well, it's not your actions. (laughs) It's your evil eye. (laughs) You you don't do anything. That's the problem. That's the thing, man. If you did do anything, that would be nicer than what you did. I'm how I am, and I'll help you guys and be nice to you whenever I remember to, but apart from that, you're going to have to deal with my glares, and that's just like the cost of friendship (laughs) (laughs) that's called opportunity cost for any business school guys in the audience hey so what did you think of this movie i liked it man i went into this not like i don't know i didn't i think i didn't want to like it or i like predicted that i wouldn't like it i thought it might be kind of like corny and shit but honestly this spoke to me did it it gave me a feeling of power in my chest really yeah. Not just because you identified with the boy who has the identical physique of you? No, it's not because of that. It's for an intellectual reason. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't because you identified with a 13-year-old boy? It's not because I've been having a bad time lately and I could really use a come up and that I just really, this was like wishful thinking for me. That's not why I liked it. It's because of an intellectual reason that I'm sure I will figure out later. (laughs) And I'm sure I'll talk myself into (laughs) around the 45-minute mark. So (laughs) Now's not the time for my take on the movie, Kian. We both know I haven't developed it yet. Yeah, I don't know. I thought this was a weird movie because it honestly wasn't what it, it wasn't what I was expecting. Especially, like, I've seen a lot of fucking kung fu movies. I want to make that abundantly clear. I yeah, love well, some fucking kung fu shit. We did a whole JCVD series. We, I mean, we only did one JCVD movie, and that was because I really had to purposely hold it in. Mm. I wanted to do. I wanted this podcast to only be Jean Claude Van Damme, quite frankly. But um, no, but like for Kickboxer, like that movie, and this is the big difference with Karate Kid and a lot of other kung fu movies. I noticed was that in Kickboxer and like every other kung fu movie I've seen, there's a training montage. Yeah, it's 
four minutes long. He goes from zero to hero, and then he just kicks ass the rest of the movie. That's how. That's the formula. Absolutely. But in this movie, like most of the movie is just Daniel training. Like I would say, the fighting is like a very small percentage of this movie. Yeah, and uh, that's why I think this movie is Enter the Ninja, but for kids. Honestly, I agree with you. Yeah. Like, I kind of like, I mean, like, the first time watching it through, I was like, oh, man, this is a little boring. I wish there was a little more karate, a little less kid, you know? But, like, the second time I watched it, I kind of realized, like, oh, this is what kids need. Yeah. If I was a kid and I watched fucking Kickboxer, I watched Jean-Claude Van Damme do four minutes of training and then, like, be able to kill an entire village of people with his fists, I'd be a little disheartened when I went to my first karate lesson and they made me, like, naughty. I wasn't even allowed to punch the bags yet, you know? Yeah, I thought it was cool the way they showed that, like, I feel like this movie really showed that it's hard to get good at stuff. It is hard to get I good at stuff. I thought that was really cool. Most movies don't show that. Um, my favorite thing about the movie is that they left the montage for the end. They did. And it wasn't even like, he still did a bunch of shit. Like, there was still probably about 40 minutes of training before the montage even started. Yeah. But, yeah, that's, like... I liked that this was like my ideal montage because stuff was still happening, but they were just playing the montage music. Yeah. Um, well, actually, the montage, I would say there was more of a fight montage than a fucking training montage in this movie. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah, because you're right, because like he, he enters the tournament at the end of the movie and then it plays You're the Best Around, which is a classic montage song that's right up there with Push It to the Limit. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then he just fucking the fighting is the montage in this movie. Really, Karate Kid is a movie about training and bettering yourself. Yeah. I thought there was some good fucking lessons for a young man in this as well. I also agree. Do you have any of those lessons ready to rattle off right now, or do you want me to talk about something else? No, I want you to talk about something else until we get to that part. Because, uh, you, you know, I mean, like, there, there's good lessons in this. I mean, working hard, like, um, honestly, I really liked the wax on, wax off thing. I like the way, because I think that's a really good lesson. Like, it's important to just fucking work hard at other shit that may feel a little irrelevant to what you're doing sometimes, but you can like learn or, you know, take those skills and apply them to other things. I feel like I've gotten a lot of that out of working like fucking nonsense garbage jobs yeah, and, you know, cooking and working in dumb fucking kitchens and like having insane bosses, you know, people who are drunk and high all the time and having to take orders from the like, I don't want to do that, but I've also like learned how to fucking deal with a bunch of shit in my regular life because of having to deal with so much fucking nonsense there. So I think that's a very applicable life lesson, you know, just because what you're doing doesn't feel relevant to karate doesn't mean it's not relevant to karate. Yeah, your training didn't make you the karate kid. It made you the conversation kid. I wouldn't even go that far. I would. I would say it made me a guy who was able to hold it down for a minimum of eight hours a day, kid. Well, that one isn't an alliteration, so it kind of sucks, to be honest with you. Well, I'm going to be honest, man. It's uh, better. Better than your alliteration. It's more accurate. It's funnier. The people like it. I know what our fans want. That's what they wanted. So, all right. Well, we'll see in the emails after this. I guess. Um, how come the new kid in town always gets invited to a party like instantly in movies? Is that what happens when you move? I don't know, man. This just... movie had like kind of a weird. There was a bit of a weird universe to this movie. Like I feel. I feel like. This was very much how I thought the world was when I was like eight. You know, like, he gets invited to, like, the new strange town. He has to deal with bullies on dirt bikes. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's, like, a little weird. I don't... I, no, in real life, you would not get invited to a party. And yeah. if you're me, even if you weren't the new kid, you wouldn't get invited to a party. So, for me, I think that's just Hollywood 
mo- movie magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, it's propaganda, and um, nobody gets invited. It's giving, to uh, it's giving kids a false impression of how cool they are. <laughs> they actually don't start having parties until you've long graduated high school, from my experience. All right. Well, we're just gonna <laughs> push right past that felony you admitted to right there and uh, do something else. Um, Kian, listen, I'm a progressive guy, right? You know that. Do I? You, confirm it. Yes. I need it. I need that. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm no man of mystery, right? Everybody knows how I feel, you know? They know my stances. There's That's no true. surprises. I'm not building up anything right now. I'm just okay. saying. Yes. Right? You know what I, Now, I want to say this. I feel like all the problems in this movie could have been solved with words. I mean, I definitely agree. Yes, you're fully right. Because, I mean, let's talk about that. Because, honestly, Daniel LaRusso in the first bit of this movie... Kind of a fucking bastard, honestly. A little bit of a bastard. Like, the way that he fights doesn't fucking strike honor or, like, into it's not honorable. Like, he gets knocked (laughs) back, he gets knocked down by the fucking uh, tough kid at the they're having like a fire on the beach. The tough kid shows up on a dirt bike and like knocks Daniel down for talking to his girl, which, like, that's whack. But also, Daniel could have been like, hey, that's whack, man. Or and or even had a one-on-one fight about it there and then, but instead yeah. Daniel just like sucker punches him in the face and is like, "What? Why are you angry? Now we're even, bro!" And then like jumps him at soccer practice later on. It's just like <laughs> a series of fucking moves that don't make me respect this guy at all. I didn't respect either of them, honestly. I say if you ever find yourself loving the same woman, it doesn't matter if it's your friend or if it's a guy on a dirt bike. You you go out, you sit down, you get hammered, you talk. You say a bunch of misogynistic stuff, you both never contact her again. That's how it works. That's how it's always been. That is how it's always been. You got to decide with your fellas, with the boys. That's called being a man. Yeah. That's called deciding the fate of a woman amongst yourselves. And that's what <laughs> that's what being a man's all about, quite frankly. Um, <laughs> you know I'm a progressive guy. <laughs> I don't know, man. We talked about this on the last episode, the E-40 quote that Mark gave me. But I think uh, I think maybe Daniel and the other guy could have both heard a little uh, wisdom, a little bit of uh, these hoes. They for everybody. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I'd like to change my opinion, actually, because uh, I would fight anyone about a woman I just decided now. I wouldn't. One thing about me is I hate getting in fights more than I've loved any woman. One thing about me is my love knows no bounds. <laughs> um... I think this movie is why kids started bringing guns to school. I was I was just going to say, man, I feel like the modern-day remake of this... I know they did a modern-day remake of this, but yeah, the real modern-day remake would be uh, Daniel LaRusso just getting a gun, like bringing his dad's gun to school and yeah. then having that. He doesn't and then go doing to the, whatever he may. He doesn't go to the karate gym. Him and his friend Dylan just go bowling. Well, he doesn't even go to the karate gym in this movie. Like He goes to the karate gym and then sees the mean kid there and sees how fucking tough and scary that gym is and then he's like oh i'll just learn from the maintenance man also how fucking weird was the miyagi daniel relationship bro i thought it was nice you thought it was nice i thought it was fucked dude okay because like (laughs) how do they meet daniel fucking is like hey miyagi can you fix my uh can you fix my pipes or whatever yeah and uh miyagi is just rude to him till he goes away which like that's that's what that's a maintenance man I was going to say, that's. I feel like that's something you and I can relate to. Yeah. There's been, a, when we worked together at Red Robin, even before this movie, I was just weirdly thinking about like how uh, uh, my boss would come up to me and be like, hey, we need you to take that uh, you know, group of 30 people. And I'd be like, oh, no. 
I just like wouldn't do it. And yeah. they'd be like, well, we, you need to. And I'm like, I'm telling you, I'm not going to. <laughs> and they'd always figure it out. and i feel like that's what you would do also where you know you would just be so mean that nobody would want to ask you to do anything it was fucking you should do that at your job if you're working a minimum wage job where they can't fire you then yeah that's exactly if you're not going to get a raise or you don't want to take on more responsibilities then yeah that's exactly how you should handle your employment yeah everybody's like uh, find the positivity yeah um the positivity is outside of your job yeah (laughs) stop trying to find the positivity in your job like that's follow you in the door No, yeah, you're walking into a place, you put your fucking soul on the hook, and you'll pick it up after your fucking eight hours are done. This is nonsense. Stop trying to find the meaning in your work. Find meaning outside of work. Yeah, I used to get told, like, nobody else wants to be here, so you should stop being mean to them. And it's like, well, then why don't anybody act like it? (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) Why are you lying to yourselves and me, then? Yeah, why are you smiling in my face? Like, that that makes me more mad than anything at work. It's just when someone comes up to you and they're like, beautiful day, ain't it? It's like, uh, we both know it's not. It's like, I work in the knife part of this restaurant. Also, it's... the day is outside. It sucks in here. <laughs> yeah. Saying it's beautiful doesn't fucking make me feel good that I'm spending it inside. Oh, these thousand fluorescent lights are really doing it for you. Huh? Yeah, it's like, oh, fucking beautiful day outside. Oh, but in front of the grill, it's the exact same temperature as always. <laughs> still stuffy. Yeah, still so hot that I don't even have to touch it to burn myself. Yeah, I don't know if I'm sweating or this is grease, but either way, I'm fucking bad. Yeah, that's the worst feeling ever. Um, yeah, I don't know, but the and also like how him and Mr. Miyagi like actually bonded was yeah. pretty fucked up. Where Daniel was like biking, uh, he was like biking through some weird field or whatever, and he gets jumped by the dirt bike karate kids. Yeah, but this is later because first they bond over the tree. Oh, that's true. They do kind of bond over the tree, but like what wh- what really makes uh, them or uh, you know fucking or makes Daniel realize Miyagi has his back and i would say the first time that Miyagi actually was like not reluctant to hang out with Daniel yeah was when he pulled out like Daniel was getting jumped and then Miyagi just like kicks the shit out of all these kids who jumped him yeah he beats up five high schoolers yeah and it's like well, what the fuck movie is it like man this is such a funny movie to me like it, this could not get made today have a fucking 40-year-old kid beat up a bunch of... Or 40-year-old man beat up a bunch of 17-year-olds. Yeah, I don't know if it could be remade. Like, I don't know how people would take that. But what I do know is I respect Mr. Miyagi's choice. Because let me tell you, adults are always talking about how many fucking 12-year-olds they could beat up, how many babies they could beat up in a fight <laughs> in a row without getting scathed. This man put his money where his mouth was. He fought five... five trained 17 year old assassins (laughs) that is true i don't think i could do that man no i couldn't either what do you think the max number of like trained um let's say 15 year olds you could take would be do i have a gun yes you have obviously you have a gun then unlimited (laughs) what do you mean i'm the most tactical man you know i would just keep finding new hiding spots I would would do a scorched earth retreat and it would be easy for me. You should add that to your comedy bio. Like, as one of the most tactical comedians, (laughs) one of the most tactical comedians in Edmonton comedy. (laughs) I am adding that to my bio, dude. Fuck it. I'll never do comedy again. I'm a tactical comedian. (laughs) Show up wearing fucking bulletproof vests. It's like a ghillie suit with, like, uh, but every, like, instead of branches hanging off, it's chains. 
Yeah, what if you wore like uh, like blue and white camouflage, like something to blend in perfectly to the comic strip's color scheme? Yeah, but then it's like I blend in perfectly, but then across my chest, the only thing that doesn't blend in is four letters. Guess what they say? Swag. <laughs> the tactical comedian. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was... I liked it. I mean, I, I thought that was weird. Also, what was kind of a little weird to me is it really felt like um, Daniel LaRusso, little Daniel, kind of went from being like the new kid to school. You know, he's got his uh, love interest, but like, you know, that's li- like literally his only friend at school is uh, the girl he wants to marry. And then his mom is like his only other friend. And at a certain point, he kind of like stops hanging out with his mom and only starts hanging out with Mr. Miyagi. And I watched this movie twice and I couldn't find a single scene where he was like, hey, mom, I'm going to (laughs) start hanging out with this older maintenance man who works in the building. Don't worry. It's not that I'm coming home late. I'm still technically in our house or in the apartment building, just in another older man's apartment. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think that part of the movie is what started helicopter parents, to be honest. For me, I feel like it's what started the uh, Stranger Danger movement of the 80s. You know, like, how many fucking kids got kidnapped after seeing The Karate Kid? After seeing, after Daniel LaRusso just made friends with an elderly, you know, a nice handyman who, he's a little mysterious, kind of curmudgeonly, you know, uh, tough to get along with, but he's got a soft spot and he'll teach you karate. It's like, in real life, that's not what that happens. In real life, if you meet an older man who's kind of curmudgeonly and doesn't have any friends, he's probably going to do something to you. Yeah, that's fair you know advice for the children listening to this if anyone ever offers to teach you how to prune a tree that's probably a euphemism red flag they probably they're probably uh, doing a little joke for themselves they probably (laughs) don't really mean that um yeah i think this movie came out and it just had kids looking for janitors (laughs) yeah i mean like if i if i if i was growing up in this era and i saw this movie i would of course just be like you know i'd keep my eyes like peeled for, like, uh, you know, just an older man who might be able to teach me karate. That's what I like about, like, Western Kung Fu is, like, I don't think any of it's even real anymore. I think all of it is based on, like, some splits move Jean-Claude Van Damme did 40 years ago. Well, that's the thing. I mean, like, fucking Western Kung Fu is based on, yeah, like what you're saying. It's really a lot of what you see in the movies is based on uh, a guy named Frank Dukes. Uh, that's what the movie <laughs> sounds awesome. We should watch it. We should watch Bloodsport. I'm surprised we haven't for whatever reason. But so anyway, Frank Dukes is the care is the character that Jean Claude Van Damme plays in Bloodsport. He's a, he was a real guy yeah. who uh, uh, showed up in Hollywood one day and was like, "Yeah, I just got back from uh, an ancient mar- martial arts death competition called the <laughs> Kumite. I won it. Actually, do you guys have any questions about karate?" And then he just like trained a generation of like Hollywood star. Like he was a consultant on a bunch of Jean Claude movies. That's why Jean Claude's always punching guys in the balls because <laughs> Frank Dukes was like, "This is the strategy." That's his one finger death. Punch. It was. It's <laughs> the two ball death punch. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so, like, no, yeah, literally, it was just a bullshit artist infiltrated Hollywood, and then that's why all the martial arts and movies is the way that it is, because this guy fucking made it up. Um, but, yeah, so you're right, is so what, what I'm saying. So what do you saying. think is more effective, real, authentic kung fu or punching a guy in the nuts over and over? I think you got to stick to what you know, and if you don't know, like, if you're not a full-on ninja... A full-on white suit mustache I ninja? I don't think you can call them that anymore. 
It's a reference to one of our earlier episodes. If you think that's racist, <laughs> you haven't listened to enough of this podcast. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. If you don't, if you're not trained, I think stick to the stick to the testicles. Yeah. If you have any more training, then you know, do what you think is best. But me personally, <laughs> if we get into a fight, I'm going for your balls. Me personally, as a member of the untrained hype column in fighting. Yeah. Me personally, a man who's not formal. I've only been trained in the streets. I go for the throat, I go for the testicles. That's maybe the eyes if all else fails, but I'm not it's I'm a terrible person to fight against. I fight to incapacitate. I fight like a chimpanzee, bro. <laughs> I'll rip off your fingers <laughs> and take your ears. I'll take what makes you a man, bro. I'll bite your nose off. <laughs> That's fucking insane, dude. Just somebody you're like getting into a bar fight in the middle of the night, you just start hurling feces at him. Yeah, man, cuz I'm not down to lose a fight. Like I'll sooner rip off both your ears than fucking get hit. But as soon as he admits defeat, you're like, "Okay, we're all good." And then you start picking ticks out of his hair. Well, yeah, and then and, and then we're brothers. And then I'll, you know, then I his girlfriend becomes my girlfriend, and we'll I'll take her up into the trees and whatever. I fight like a chimpanzee, dude. I always have a bow and arrow on me. I don't wear any clothes. <laughs> I'm covered in hair. <laughs> That's a new character I thought of is a guy who thinks all weapons before guns were chimpanzee weapons. Ch- <laughs> what is that? <laughs> and what do you think chimpanzee weapons are are based on what he saw in the second Planet of the Apes remake? He's like the dinosaurs where they rode horses used and had guns. The um, chimpanzees used bow and arrows, and then humans used guns. And cannons actually aren't real. Cannons are a mere myth. There was never cannons. There was never swords. That's just part of the Western mythology. Yeah, that's just um, Europe. That's Europe whitewashing history. Yeah. You ever notice how uh, dragons are always killed with swords? Why did we think swords were real and dragons weren't? Yeah. Open your fucking eyes. <laughs> we had it completely backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, how do you, realistically, how do you think a man would be able to kill a dragon with a really long, like, pointy thing or a big gun? That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm, I'm just asking questions. How do you think St. Patrick got all snakes out of Ireland? We should be on Joe Drive-by Rogan. shootings. Man, hey, if we if we were able to put together a real enough... Not even real enough. If we were able to put enough a, stir, a sturdy strongman argument together, I think we could get on Joe Rogan being like, yeah, scientists actually just overlooked the fact that dragons were real. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if we can pin, like, the same with, like, pinning the shitification of martial arts on that one yes. guy. If we can pin it on one scientist who said dragons weren't real and then we just fucking lie, besmirch his name... Just absolutely commit, per, um, what's it called? Perjury. Not perjury. The other, th- libel against this scientist. Libel and good slander. Name. Yeah. And then we could easily be on Joe Rogan. That's all we have to do is find the first guy who said dragons were fake <laughs> and then just light him up. Yeah. Pope John the First can suck my nuts. Pope John the First is connection to the Nazis. So what? if you think... All I'm is saying is real? if you want to believe in him, you got to believe in everything he says. Yeah. Dragons aren't real and the Nazis were okay. If you want to believe true. that, that's okay. But me personally, I think the Nazis were bad and that dragons are real. You know, your school won't tell you this. Your teacher won't tell you this. A lot of people don't want you to know this, but the dragons actually were the people who defeated the Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you think Scorched Earth comes from? 
<laughs> Why do you think Dresden was so fucked up? Because of bombs? No, dragons. Yeah, yeah. Why do you think the word's so close to dragon? What do you think Nazi scientists were working on? <laughs> Experiments? Yeah, with dragons. <laughs> Open your eyes, liberals. Uh, <laughs> Man, yeah. So that's probably what like area 51's full of right? yeah i actually don't believe in and yeah Kibler elves yeah i think that's what people i think a lot of people are misidentifying you as ufos as uh or you know dragons as ufos these days i think it, in area 51 it looks exactly like the movie of lord of the rings it's they just built the whole set in there and then they just have a bunch of like hobbits and witches running around it's like a parallel universe but everybody's a witch that's also what i think i and that's true we're just working on our Joe Rogan theory, so no one get mad at us for this. We're riffing something out. Yeah, we're trying to slowly pivot this podcast into a three-hour-long thing where we this, just agree with our guest. This podcast is going to take over the world, man. One day it will. One day it absolutely will. Um, You think dragons have penises? They probably have weird corkscrew ones like ducks. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Or they have, like... Weird, like where they have like bones in there and shit, like other animals with big long penises. Yeah, or it's just like a horse. Or what do you think? Is it going to be like a grill? Because like dragons are already dominant. Like they don't need to be any more dominant penis wise. And like look (laughs) at gorillas. Like they're the most dominant ape because of like how jacked they are. They have little tiny penises because they don't need to have huge dongs. I didn't know that about gorillas. I had been assuming right until now that they had. At, like, minimum seven inches. No, gorillas. man, we've got, like, bigger penises than even the strongest gorilla. Well, I knew that I did. <laughs> I didn't think everyone else did. <laughs> yeah, man, the whole world. The whole world is equal or better to gorilla penises. Well, I guess dragons are lizards, too, probably, so they don't even, like... I don't think lizards do fuck. No, I think that they do. Listen, I'm a progressive guy, Kian. I, I believe all sorts of different stuff about the world... One thing you can't shake me on, though, is I don't think dragons fuck. I just deleted all my notes for this episode. Oh, check recently (laughs) deleted. (laughs) Also, I think that if dragons could fuck, every time they came, they would breathe fire, which seems dangerous. Well, that's gone. Sorry? It's on your recently deleted? I can't find it. (laughs) Well, I was just saying, I think when dragons come, they probably breathe fire, which is dangerous. Yeah, that is dangerous. And then also, like, it begs a couple questions about how that donkey even got up in there. Well, I think we should just cover Shrek on a later episode and try and hash it out then. What did you think of the bad guy, Jim, in this movie? Because Cobra Kai, like, they made, there's a whole big spinoff TV show about them now. Yeah, it's interesting. I liked how the coach of that dojo just ran it like he was a fucking gang leader. I know. It was like (laughs) he was fucking hits on people. It was like he was training a militia and he was like getting the, like, I loved how he was, like, getting him to do drills, and he just, like, tackles one of them mid-drill. He's like, be ready for anything. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm not ready for my teacher to fight me when he's trying to teach me, bro. Like, come on, yeah. man. And also, you know what really, did I, I really threw me for a loop with that guy? Hmm. He named his whole gym Cobra Kai after a tattoo he has on his arm. That's it? I, I mean... Thought- they didn't get. Di- what were you gonna say? Because I, don't, as far as I know, they didn't explain the name of that movie or the name of that dojo. Yeah, I, I didn't even think about it till now. But <clears throat> I would just assume that like you wouldn't just get a tattoo out of nowhere, right? Like it's got to be a reference tattoo. 
But to what? Like, I mean, I assumed maybe in the army, because that's a very army thing to just get a tattoo, because everyone's getting tattoos. You're going to get shot. May as well get a tattoo. That's fair. But um, it's like what? Like, I think Cobra Kai probably has a meaning. Like, it. Maybe. I'm just saying they don't get into it in this movie. So based on what I have been given, the information at my disposal, mm. that has led me to believe this weird guy who beats up high schoolers also named his uh, dojo after his arm tattoo. You know what's weird to me about this movie, too, now that you mention it, is both the coaches fight children. Was that, like, more so common back in the 80s? Like, maybe we just stay out of martial arts, actually. Maybe we just all learn the regular arts. Maybe, like, because, I mean, spanking your kids was huge then. Do you think that was just, like, the next logical step? What, doing kung fu on them? Challenging someone else's kid to a duel? Well, I mean, yeah, if you if you feel comfortable, like, spanking your kid, I feel like you should be able to one-on-one closed fist punch somebody else's kid. Or what do you think? Am I wrong, maybe? Um, I don't know, man. I I, I don't want to comment on that because it seems like uh, it, it'll get me in some hot water. Okay. And you know me. I'm a progressive guy. Yeah, you take cold showers only. Yeah, I uh, take cold showers and only in the rain, too. <laughs> I go outside and get a little shower going. And yeah, sure, it's indecent exposure. Sure, I live right beside a school. Sure, I'm fully naked in the parking lot. But you know what? I'm changing the world. Yeah, eventually that's how everyone's going to be doing it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to start a trend, not save water. <laughs> I just think it's cool to do that. I liked that they played shirts for skin soccer in this movie. Like for that one scene where they were playing soccer at the school. Yeah, I feel like shirts versus skins was like a... I think they were actually doing that at schools. I think they were. I mean, because that like wasn't a thing when I was in school, except for like... Like we had pennies, you know, you'd wear a penny over your shirt. So yeah. there'd be shirts and two shirts. Mm-hmm. And that was how you divvied up the teams. But I remember in junior high, there was like this one kid who over the summer, he like lost a bunch of weight. Yeah. And when we came back, he was like, hey, can we do shirts for skins? I'd like <laughs> yeah. to be on skins. <laughs> yeah, it was like a joke. When I was in school, the joke was all the hot kids. Every time we would go to gym class, they'd be like, all right. Shirts versus skins. Yeah. Well, and except we had like one it's teacher. Like, it's just boy and we do boy and girl gym. Like there's nobody here to be showing That's off. That's so for. funny. <laughs> yeah. In my gym class, like we actually did start doing that because like we had one teacher who was just like a real fucking masculine dweeb. I think I've talked about him on the show before, but like he fucking sucks. He was like four feet tall, just built That's out awesome. of muscle and just like dunked on kids all day long. Yep. Um, but he he started he he did let us he was our gym teacher in grade eight so he did let us do shirts for skins mm. and I was like a chubby kid and what happens when you do shirts for skins in junior high when like half the kids are developed and half of them are not <laughs> is you just have like a team of unathletic kids who are afraid of jiggling versus like a team of kids who are shredded and then you just get dominated I'm like too afraid to run against the wind because my fucking shirt presses up against my man tits and it's like I don't want anyone to see that. Man, and meanwhile, yeah. all these sh- kids with abs are slide tackling and fucking kicking the ball from halfway down the field into the net because they have developed leg muscles. Yeah, man, I miss gym class, though, like especially in high school, because I feel like b- when it wasn't mandatory was when it was the most fun because like everybody took it s- too serious. You know, like it was always like I was I was a jiggler. Not going to lie to you. I was a baby fat boy. All right. Yeah. I had puberty when I was 17 and a half. Yeah. You only got pubes after you started doing stand up, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> so I, stop making me admit to that on the show. What if girls listen to this? I've well, I'm just pu- saying, hey, what do you want? You, you have, I'm saying you have pubes, man. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, stop saying that, too. I get... Tell them that I get waxed, but I have had to since I was a child. Brad could have pubes if he wants. Yeah, <laughs> and I always could have. I, it's just in high school I didn't want to. But <laughs> I, I didn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. But so in gym class, it was like uh, I would just be pubeless, and then this one guy was real jacked, and he was one of the guys that was always doing the skins joke, right? <laughs> yeah. And I just remember one time we were playing football, and uh, I. I just thought it was so fucking dumb because everybody was trying to score a goal so bad. And so I just like every time the play ended, I just kept running and I d- didn't listen to them. And yeah. I was doing a bit where I didn't know the rules of football. Right. And so I was like I was running and I was probably like 20 feet in front of everybody. You know, just like I thought I was in the clear. Right. And then all of a sudden uh, my the gym teacher yelled stop and then this guy ran up behind me the shirt uh, the skins guy still shirtless just punches me as hard as he could in the back and then i just fell and he took the ball and they went and played <laughs> who punches someone in the back uh, really strong people it turns out yeah and then i just didn't play for the rest of the game honestly one of my best gym class moves i yeah i believe that my favorite gym class move I ever pulled, I have a very proud history of never having to go to bat when we played softball in gym <laughs> class for six years. I have, like, to this day, I've never hit a baseball with a bat before, and I never will. <laughs> That's the most insane shit. I will never do that. Man, I know we're doing a progressive podcast, but come on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, man, equal rights for everybody. I love the worker. I will never play baseball. Um, and that's just like a, st- that's just a personal belief. That's just, I'm very conservative when it comes to not wanting to play baseball. Socially uh, liberal, baseball-ly conservative. <laughs> baseball-ly conservative. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but like it, it, in in high school, I was like, I almost didn't get out of it. But and then like the, the baseball field like by our school was like taken by someone else, so we had to like walk way across the field. And then like I was outfield, and then we had to go infield, and I'm like, oh, I have to go to the bathroom. And then I just spent like literally 45 minutes going to the bathroom and coming back. Yeah, that was the best part about outside gym is like it was so far away. From, yeah, especially the baseball diamonds. They're always so far away from the school that it was like. I'm going to the bathroom. I'm not even changing. Yeah, like, I'm bathroom when I'm at bat, and I'm left field, depending on if they hit left or right or not. If I have a bathroom break planned, I'm not putting on my shorts. Like, yeah. That's how far <laughs> away it was. Um, All right. Let's see. Um, um, I mentioned also earlier off the top, I feel like this movie was like, it felt very much like it was how a boy sees the world. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that because um, specifically when they go to that beach party, like the idea of what a beach party is in this movie is just them playing soccer on the beach. And they're having a bonfire and there's like kids with dirt bikes who show up later. And it's like, I've been to a party on the beach. What happens is you get too drunk, somebody falls in the water and then everything ends and then you walk home. Yeah, someone almost dies. It gets too real and then the party's over. That's You're all sober and ready to talk to your parents by the end of that. Yeah, Once you fish a guy out of a lake in the middle of the night. Once Maddie almost dies, then it's like, then it's time to fucking change the plans. Yeah. But yeah, that was very, uh, that was very childlike. What else? The one that really jumped out to me was uh, 
So there was like that whole school dance sequence, which also side thing, another example of Daniel being a pointless asshole was, uh, so like the bad kid of this movie, uh, he's like rolling a joint in the bathroom yeah. and unprovoked Daniel just like puts a fucking hose over the top of the stall and like soaks him, ruining the man's reefer, making him wet, just ruining the night. And well, honestly, I think that's him doing him a favor. You think? You got to get off the weed, man. It'll mess with your mental state. Well, that's just you. For me, it'll have you gaslighting yourself. For me, I'm doing great. Yeah, I can see it in your for eyes. For me, I'm very happy. <laughs> me personally, my brain is great, and I started smoking weed at 16 years old. So take that as you will. Just like this guy in the movie. Just like this guy in the movie. Um. I think it was actually because he was pissed that he saw him rolling the joint wrong because he twisted it at both ends, and he was like, fucking amateur That's hour. just how they did it back then, man. You see any piece of media from the 80s, they're rolling joints like that. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah. That's how they rolled him in The Simpsons. That was That's all I know. Huh. But uh, fucking after that, though, in, in retaliation, this fucking wet villain steals Daniel's girl somehow, which, like, you obviously did not really have her heart if some guy who's wet can just fucking dance with her but uh now what do you mean by that because my last girlfriend left me for a wet guy i'm just saying brad if a man who is soaking wet is able to compete with you then you gotta fucking switch it up a little bit you gotta take a good long look at yourself well i don't think it was my fault i think it was like it's you just you think can't she compete. has a type and it's guys who are damp yeah you just can't compete with a guy like that you know he shows up in a full sweater Wet as hell, smelling like wet dog. Dripping. It's like, what, is, what does he have that I don't have? Everything. Water. <laughs> Water weight. <laughs> the stuff you need to sustain life. <laughs> yeah, that's true. If a guy who's wet can steal your girlfriend, you need to do some push-ups or something. Yeah, exactly. Do but, some personality push-ups. But he's dancing with her, uh, and he, he plants one on her, kisses her without her wanting him to. And then Daniel, seeing that in shock spills a bunch of shit all over himself. Yeah. And then, like, the whole, everyone there, like, all the adults, everyone just turns. They're fully distracted by whatever they were doing. They all turn, and they start laughing at this 15-year-old boy, 13-whatever-year-old boy who's covered in spaghetti or whatever. He's dirty. Yeah. What the fuck kind of world is that? I don't know. When I was a kid, I was doing shit like that just... But I mean, to like that, that to, to me, laugh. like that, that's like, that's how it feels to be a 13 year old where you think like, oh, I'm going to do something and everyone in the world is going to laugh at me and notice It's like, no, that's not true. If really a fucking kid spilled shit on him, I'd be like, oh, look, a kid spilled shit on himself. Par for the course. But I and think then continued on with feel. my regular life. I think that's you being you now, though, because do you remember like what it was like in school when a kid would bring one of those like, you know, those little squares of milk? And they would bring that in their lunchbox, and it would be all like they'd have an ice pack, too, to keep it cool. Yeah. And then a, a kid would crack it open, and he'd just crack it wrong, and he'd go to take a sip, and all of a sudden it's coming out the corner of his mouth down his shirt. That was some of the best times I had in my life <laughs> as a kid. <laughs> like, I don't know. I feel like... Um, I hear you. No, I hear you. Exactly. And if it was all... Ki- if that happened in class, I'd be like, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, I feel like the adults wouldn't have gave a but shit But it's adults, life. and like they're... I just, it's like two minutes that scene where they're just straight ignoring what they were doing before they were all dancing. Forget about that. We're laughing at this boy now. 
right, but like, isn't that how it feels to be a kid? No, that's exactly happening. That's like, exactly what my point is, though. Yeah. Is that this movie just feels like it was directed by a thirteen-year-old boy for that part, and also a few other parts in this. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm not like I. I like that scene. I think it's. I don't know. I think it's good. Like, I thought it was just funny. It was nice, honestly, because like I think that's just that's ex- you're right because that's exactly how it feels like when you're a kid. Yeah. And now, as uh, you know, more of an adult, it's nice to go back on that and be able to see like, oh shit, that's kind of that's a little fucking ridiculous. Yeah. It's not really like that. Yeah, it's kind of freeing. You know what I mean? It is. It is a little bit freeing. You for walk sure. around. You. Uh, the coolest part about being an adult is you can have whatever the fuck you want to have on your shirt. You just have to be okay with nobody talking to you. That's the thing. Yeah. And like at a certain point, if you're not down to talk to me because of something weird I have on my shirt, you're probably not <laughs> a guy I wanted to talk to. Yeah, you're fake, bro. Yeah, you're a fake friend. If you don't want to talk to me while my shirt's covered in meatballs somehow, like they won't roll off, they're yeah. just stuck. It's like, what's wrong with you? I want a guy who's excited that I have meatballs on my shirt. I want a guy who wants to know how they got there. Yeah, exactly. That's somebody I can get along. That's somebody I can have a conversation with. Except I don't want a guy. I want a woman who's beautiful. Yeah, me too. Don't we all, brother? (laughs) (laughs) No. A nice hot girl who takes an interest in what shirt I have on. Did you know I was the first guy to ever want to fall in love with a woman? Really? Yeah. I was the first guy who decided I'm I'm good. You were the first guy who ever didn't want one? Yeah. That's not true because all other guys don't want them. <laughs> I'm the only guy who's um uh who knows how to love. Hey, you know what uh the date sequence in this movie reminded me of? Me when I go on dates. Sorry. What? What did it, it did remind me of you actually. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel has to get his mom to drop him and his date off, and that really reminds me of your future situation. Um, that's not the part I was talking about. <laughs> I was talking about a part that was different. <laughs> I was talking about the part where it goes awesome and perfect. Um, yeah, I liked that. Did you ever have your mom drop you off on a date? I never told my mom I liked a girl until I was in a committed relationship with somebody. So how were you going on dates? You were just taking the bus? Just in secret. Just bussing. You know me. I always have girlfriends who can drive. I don't know that about you. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, let me tell you this. If a girl's boyfriend ever beats the shit out of me at a party for talking to her, what I wouldn't do is show up the next day wearing sunglasses. I feel like that's how you get beat up again. Yeah, you can't just like try and dress cooler to avoid being <laughs> yeah, It's like up. you're just signing your own death it's warrant, like, dude. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You're right. I mean, I get that it was to cover a black eye, but he doesn't know that. And it's like, it's like imagine getting your ass beat and showing up. And now you have like a leather jacket and boots on. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. It's like, yeah. You don't need the sunglasses. Like, wear an eye patch. Make them pity you. Yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Th- um. So this movie taught me that Daniel had never read The Art of War. Yeah. Because he did not know how to. Well, and he also didn't know his enemy for a single part in this movie. Um. You think it was nice that his mom called his eyes baby browns? I feel like you've done that about your own eyes before. To My me. baby blues? I thought you had brown eyes. I got piercing blue eyes. Thank mm. you very much. Okay. Well, I feel like <laughs> I've heard you say baby browns before, so maybe it's a different I don't know. I'm always context. calling you, or I'm, yeah, I call people my baby boys a lot. Maybe that's that. Yeah. But that's only from The Godfather. Oh, yeah. My beautiful baby boy. 
Yeah, you know what I do from The Godfather is um, wear that mouth piece. I kill people is what I do from <laughs> The Godfather. <laughs> I am. Um, I'm in the Italian mafia. That's what I got from the Godfather. <laughs> I do something from the Godfather. It's called running a numbers racket. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite bit to do from the Godfather. Being a bookie. <laughs> um. Yeah. He, the weird part also is like he gets the girl, and then he's like, "Yeah, but I'll still fight you." Yeah, you it's like, like it's, I would have tabled the competition, you know, maybe just focus on myself, my relationship, try to build a healthy foundation. Yeah, you're still kicking this guy's ass. That's actually a very good point. A lot of times in these kung fu movies, they're like trying to get the girl or in a uh, kickboxer. It was to get the guy's brother, which was a very interesting twist to the formula. Yeah. Um, but like in this one, he has it all. He's just like, and I want to kick your ass. Yeah, this is literally. <laughs> and I'm gonna fucking beat you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a movie about a, like a cool guy stooping to someone else's it level. Is. I mean, like he's shown up to his school. He's like now, now he's the top dog. He's stolen this guy's girlfriend, <laughs> and now he's showing up to karate, his thing. And just beating him at it. It's like, man, all he had was karate. Yeah, it's kind of hard to take a lower road than that. I mean, that's what I'm saying, man. Like, <laughs> Daniel LaRusso is kind of a piece of shit in this movie. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, when I was watching it, I was definitely on his side. But the more we talk about it, the more I'm like, yeah, I would have handled it different. I also would have handled it a little bit differently, too. But that's kind of what the cool thing the Cobra Kai TV show is all about. I haven't watched it. This is all based on a Wikipedia... Not. Uh, it's based me. on an intellectual source it's based on the thing on the side on google when you say cobra kai wikipedia and then there's a little blurb on the side that's what i read instead oh, of so the part before you click on the, the part before <laughs> wikipedia is what i read and what that the information that gave me was that this <laughs> cobra kai <laughs> is it's literally about that it's about this guy being like yeah this fucking asshole stole my girl made me look like a loser in front of all my friends beat me at this tournament and for what so he could feel good? I thought they did that as a bit in some like comedy movie too. I'm sure they did. That's a pretty easy bit to do. Yeah. You could do that and stuff. You could do that for anything. But in this one I think it's just funny because it's like it, even just watching it like you don't have to do any mental jumping jacks to think like, "Oh, what if this guy was the asshole?" It's like, "No, He's the protagonist of this movie, and he's still just doing things that are objectively kind of shitty, like all the sucker punches, the needless antagonizing of this guy at the fucking school dance. Yeah. I feel like people just, like, he's smaller, so everybody thought he yeah, was the one getting bullied. that's kind of, that's it. Like, you ever have, like, a small guy at your school who, like, he looks weak, but that he's was so me. mean? Yeah, that was me. Oh, yeah, that was you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that was that guy. That, yeah, yeah, you are that guy. You still are that and guy. And you know what is the funny thing is I think that I got bullied. Yeah, you probably didn't. No, uh, yeah. I There's did. probably a lot of guys who, like, if you if you were to meet them now, they'd be like, you were a bit of a bully back in the day. I mean, like, it's hard to um, decide because I'm obviously biased and shit. I obviously think I'm way cooler than I actually am. Naturally. Right? But I did, I got put in some garbage cans, right? I'm not a guy who hasn't been punched, but I feel like... Have you really been put in a garbage can? Oh, yeah. I have one friend who that happened to, and I was like, and I thought it could have only been him. Dude, you gotta join a hockey pro. He also in a hockey school. Yeah, he also went to a hockey school and then dropped out. Went to a not even a drama school. Just my high school was like for all the kids who weren't good at sports or academics or drama. Yeah. Then they went to Oscar Romero. 
Yeah, I always thought bullying was like over exaggerated in media until I went to a hockey school, and then I was like, they're really putting me in the garbage. <laughs> like, they're really just doing that. Like they don't care, man. And it's not even a good own; it's an empty garbage can. Yeah. Like, but um, yeah, so it's like, but I feel like every time I something that could be considered getting bullied happened to me, it was I earned it and asked for it. You know? Yeah, that's fair. I mean. All the times it happened to me, it was unwarranted completely. I didn't deserve it. But for you, I could see how you probably deserved it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, for you, it's obviously like you're helpless. You can never defend yourself or hey, no, you couldn't hurt a fly no. even if you were mad at it. I could hurt a fly. No, a to. lot of people have been telling me that they don't think you could hurt a fly. If I felt like it. Everyone's been telling me they don't think you're evil and they don't think you could. Who's telling you that? They said, <laughs> everyone's been telling me, hey, Brad, I think Kian is a good guy at heart. I mean, I'd love it if that was the rumor going around. <laughs> Instead of, I, I, I think Keen might be. I think he's dead. <laughs> I think he's. I think he's. I think he's a reanimated corpse. I think Keen might be his own evil twin. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, my favorite one was Will when he he was like, "Yeah, sometimes you look at me, and I just think like." Am I real? <laughs> and I don't even know what people are talking about. I just like to join in the train. I don't, even, like, I don't pick up anything from you. I don't get. Like, I think it's just because you and I have similar uh, deficiencies and similar like <laughs> social inability. Like that's why we've been able to operate so well as friends. Yeah, probably. just because like we don't take our weirdness or the other guy's weirdness personally. Yeah, that's true. Anything you've ever done that was rude to me, I was just like chalked it up as me misinterpreting likewise yeah <laughs> and that's, that's that's why this works that's the game baby <laughs> gaslight yourself into thinking you're wrong and nobody will ever upset you gaslight yourself into happiness that's uh, that we should it's write a self-help book it's that's what i'm working on <laughs> <laughs> i'm gaslighting myself into thinking i should text her again <laughs> imagine if your son showed up one day and he had a brand new car, perfectly beautifully waxed. <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't would you as a parent be a little a little concerned as to where who might have got what adult got him a car yeah, and yeah. for what reason? Well, okay, not only the fact that he got a new car, but also consider that you're from Newark, New Jersey. You just the moved. mob capital of the United States. Yeah, definitely. And then you move out to Los Angeles, <laughs> city of city of big dreams. City city full of men who like to take advantage of young, hot-looking boys. Yeah. And all of a sudden, your son pulls up. He's wearing a nice, crisp, crisp new gi. He's got, <laughs> <laughs> he's, wearing, he's got a Volkswagen convertible. Wouldn't you be a little concerned? He just had a black eye the other day. Wouldn't you be a little worried that yeah. something might be falling into a weird crowd? <laughs> you just made him push your car down the highway. Aren't you going to at least take the car? That Exactly. Like, all of a sudden, your son's got a nicer car than you do the this, fully employed mom this lady's really not a great parent that's in what i'm saying that's this, all i'm saying is i really feel like this movie encouraged stranger danger and yeah. uh allowing yourself to be kidnapped all i'm saying think this movie, bro if i watched karate kid and like if i was 10 years old i saw the karate kid and the next day a weird looking guy was like hey would you like to learn karate yeah i would like to learn karate i would go with him yeah i would do that now <laughs> if anyone ever offers to teach me self-defense i'm like yes i need it also do you think 
the self defense you're like is that like uh is that like self love is that like getting better mental health <laughs> yeah my yeah, version yeah. of self defense is learning to love myself my version of self defense is what a lot of therapists would call putting up walls what a lot of therapists would call talking yourself down a lot of therapists would call gaslighting yourself um self defense against uh, yourself do you think this movie was anti single moms <sighs> i mean i think it could have been portrayed better she just wasn't really around. I think it was just like anti-moms. I think it was anti... Th- no, this movie was anti-parents yeah. is what it was. I mean, like, he just, like, stops going home at night, starts hanging out with this weird fucking guy. Also, what about the scene where Mr. Miyagi tries to get drunk with Daniel LaRusso? What the fuck was that? Nothing Mr. Miyagi. Hey, whoa, there was a scene, <laughs> I think maybe it was even right before he gave him a car, where... um. Uh, Daniel is like comes home from a hard day of training, yeah. hard day of painting this guy's fucking fence. Uh, to come home to uh, Mr. Miyagi, it's the anniversary of his wife's death. He's fully dressed in his cur- uh, military uniform, yeah. And he's like, "Hey, Daniel, have a drink." Teaches him bonsai. Mm. Um, and just then he, he before just, you go on, I just want to say this is the Edgy CIA podcast, so we are not allowed to say anything about pedophilia being wrong. And we're I not gonna, feel like that's coming. I just Pedophi- it pedophilia is a lie introduced to you by the left to discredit the Republican agenda. It's introduced to you by Hillary Clinton to distract you from the fact that she is the only pedophile She's in the, the world. She's the only one. Um, but uh, yeah, what I was—you don't think it's a little fucking weird that this guy's having a kid over to get hammered with? Yes. And they're just like vibing. He gives him a drink. He does. It's not for him, but you know what? I, it still ends with Daniel San putting Mister Miyagi to bed and like laying him in recovery position. Yeah. Now listen, objectively, I do think that's weird. But as a guy who started doing stand up and like sneaking into shit when I was underage, there. getting hammered with old guys and then helping them into bed—that's my forte, dude. Honestly, I also think that that helped me uh, hold it down in my yeah. in my drinking days. Like, if I didn't if I didn't have several friends who were on the brink of death when I started drinking, <laughs> I, I I'd be worried to see where I ended up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really gives you like a it, it helps you feel less gross when you get drunk. Well, it's and it's also just good to know what's okay and like where you need to draw the line. It's like okay, if I start, you know having special plates around my apartment that I don't want anybody to touch, then okay, that's a problem. But like up until that point, you're, you're doing great. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think that like Daniel, you know, it's an uncomfortable position to be put in. Uh, that's part of growing up. Daniel's going to learn a lot from this. He's probably never going to get that drunk on the anniversary of his wife's death. <laughs> when that day comes <laughs> and it will, <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. That's like one of those things where it's like, that's a lesson you probably shouldn't have to learn. I'm not saying it's not going to serve you well. Yeah. But uh, maybe it would have served you better to not have to learn that. Yeah, definitely. Kids shouldn't have to be around like drunk adults, but I but, feel like it just happens. Well, like, and especially in the 80s, I think it was a lot more common to get hammered around uh, kids. I mean, I'm sure it is now, but it's at least not like portrayed in the media so much. Like people don't even fucking smoke darts in kids movies anymore. <laughs> Because, yeah, no, my, my parents were always, like, very conscious about not being hammered around their kids, which I super appreciated. Except for, like, when I started drinking, my dad would be like, even, like, you know, look at me. When when we have dinner, I'll have, I'll have two beers max, and that affects me. And I just remember thinking, like, 
Pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there comes a time in every man's life where he starts being able to drink more than his dad. <laughs> yeah. For me, it was 16 years old. <laughs> yeah, for me, it was too. And then I stopped drinking and now I can't anymore. Well, I also just like cultivate my dad. That was always my dad's rule for me at parties. It, like my dad didn't let me smoke weed, but he was like, if you want to underage drink, that's okay. You just can't have more than two beers and i'm like perfect and i'd have like five beers and show up home i'd be hammered and my dad and I, my dad would be like how much did you drink i'd be like two beers yeah and he'd be like well that adds up because it really affects me <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like uh that was fun for you like it sounds like you had a good party time uh, i guess i did and it was only because i didn't have to see my parents at their worst so thank you Dorina and craig for that yeah i only ever saw it once um with my parents and i uh, don't plan on looking into it again <laughs> <laughs> also another back to the uh back to the car thing where he gives him a car yeah you remember what they were yelling as he was driving away no bonsai that is the wrong thing to teach a kid right before you give him a car to yell the name of a tree well i guess that's what they were doing i don't know Maybe I've been poisoned by Call of Duty 5, but when I hear Bonsai, I just think of that mission in Call of Duty 5 where all those people were yelling Bonsai at you and jumping it, you know, doing basically suicide attacks. Yeah, I didn't play that game, um, but that sounds scary. So that's what struck me is like a kid yelling Bonsai in his brand new car. It's like he's 16 years old. He could be going through a lot right now. Maybe that's <laughs> not what you want him to be yelling. I think probably bonsai isn't the suicide word. I think probably Call of Duty just threw that in there. Who's to say? That, uh, listen, I'm a progressive guy. You know I'm anti-Call of Duty. Well, I'm equally progressive and I'm pro-Call of Duty, so... I'm a Call of Duty pro, but I'm against it <laughs> fundamentally. <laughs> um, I liked when... Mm, no, I don't want to say that. It's too horny. Uh, did, I thought it was really funny when, after the first time he got beat up, he went into the parking lot of the building and just started punching the walls and like yelling about how he uh, like his problems really loud. Yeah, how do you deal with stuff? Well, no, that is how I deal with stuff because I'm always hoping there's going to be some sort of parking lot oracle that comes out of like the shadows and fixes it for me. Isn't that always kind of what you're hoping for? That like some wise sage is going to come out from the hole in the wall you just punched and tell you everything <laughs> you need to know? Yeah, man. I've been in a like a weird thing lately, so I've been walking around the apartment just muttering "fuck" to myself, just hoping someone's going to ask Wait, about like it. Wait, like the apartment building? No, 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 just the apartment. Oh, okay. Thank God. Because I was picturing you like walking up and down the hallways like, fuck, and then just like hoping somebody might open their door to come help you. No, dude, that would be insane. But I will say that what I'm doing now is not less insane. <laughs> it's still insane. Um, but yeah, I do think like people actually do that just to a lesser extent. Oh, yeah. probably. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. Man, I, uh, I got to say I really hated the final fight in this movie. Why? As a man who has suffered extensive knee injuries, watching a man suffer a knee injury and then try and fight through it was just like, oh, brother, 
You're really going to cause yourself some strain in about one and a half years. You were thinking about all the physio he was going to have to do? All the physio he's going to have to do, all the fucking, you know, he's going to have to relearn to walk after that. Because, like, that injury was gnarly, man. And he only made it worse through the rest of the fight by continuing to kick with his bad leg. Daniel, my man, come on, dude. That's true. When he did the crane kick, he even landed on his bad leg. Exactly. So it's just shit like that. It's like, I get that you're hopped up with adrenaline. You're probably not going to feel it. Like... But, man, you're going to feel it tomorrow and the next day and the next day and every day until you die. Well, that's the thing about going to a non-traditional kung fu school, right? Like, this probably taught our parents some irresponsible martial arts training. Because, like, Mr. Miyagi, he knew how to punch. He knew how to block, right? He didn't know how to ice your body. He didn't know how to do massages. He did. Well, I mean, he would just do that weird thing where he would, like, warm up his hands and then, like, grip you. And then he'd be like, oh, you're better. That's true. But that's not real. That's just like a placebo grab. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like like the the guy at the real state-sponsored dojo would have known at least some cursory first aid. Yeah, and that that's all I'm saying. It's like, what what's a more valuable lesson here? Fight through all your injuries? Or maybe you should know when to take it easy a little bit. Because me personally, I've been fighting through my injuries for the last year, and I've only made them worse. Yeah, that is a weird thing. I feel like... It's in way more than this movie. Just like the message of if you get hurt, you should not stop. It's like such a bad lesson to teach people. And I'm man, I've like, I mean, like fucking when I first broke my knee, I literally fell, broke my kneecap, then sprinted up some stairs because I didn't want the guy behind me to think I was a guy who breaks my knees. Yeah. And then just, you know, three, two months into my recovery, I'm like, I could probably go do stand-up. And then I just <laughs> fucking separated my knee further because I took the bus and was fucking yeah. doing stand-up. I, sh- I w- should have been on bed rest, man. But I'm like, <laughs> I don't want them to think uh, I'm a guy who doesn't really want this. Yeah. Well, that's like one of the main things you learn in hockey eventually is that everybody's going to bully you if you stay down. Yeah, exactly. And so, like you're just you just get up like no no matter and then but like so i learned this lesson and then i like started doing other stuff that wasn't hockey that could hurt me like i was skateboarding and i uh me and my friend were at this set of stairs right and uh we were just jumping down and you know having the time of our lives trying to look at you know trying to get sucked on yeah you sucked know what i mean fucked i get you that's not what i meant i meant sucked in a different way that's not non-sexual suck um but so we were on this set of stairs and I, I like I fell weird and it turned out I broke my foot. But I, I just didn't want to think that. Yeah. But my whole shit went numb. Right. And then I just went home and uh, I told them I hurt myself, but I would be fine. And then I swear to God, like, I think it was like three weeks that it took and it still hurt. And then eventually uh, we went to the hospital. They were like, yeah, your foot's been broken this whole time. Yeah. You've just been walking on a broken piece of material. Bro, I broke my pinky when I was in university, and I didn't want to tell anybody about how I broke because I got mad and punched something, yeah. and I just wasn't down to go to a doctor for that. I still don't have full range of motion in one of my <laughs> fingers because it just healed wrong. Yeah, so I think what we're trying to say is uh, don't persevere. Don't. I mean, yeah, this goes back to young blood. Yeah. Stop persevering. Sometimes you got to know when to not. Literally the main theme of this podcast. Give up, bro. Sometimes, yeah. Stop fighting. Live to fight another day. Just and Another also, thing Sun Tzu said, interestingly. Yeah, that's true. We're coming back to him a lot. I don't know if he said that. I feel like that's something he could have said. A lot of the shit people regularly say is just stuff Sun Tzu used to say. That's true, man. Sun Tzu and Confucius, really. Yes. We're just all that guy the now. The big two. 
Yeah, if you're a conservative, you quote Sun Tzu, and if you're a lefty, you quote Confucius, and if you're in the middle, you quote Joe Biden. <laughs> three intellectuals. Three intellectual had, powerhouses. Who had unmeasurable impacts on the world. I love I love dudes who quote the art of war. Every I haven't met a single guy who's read the art of war that isn't a loser. Have you? Mm. I haven't met a lot of guys who've read the art of war. I haven't read it. I the only guy I know for sure off the top of my head that has read it is my dad, and I just think and he's it, a cop. So yeah, I think that's <laughs> so funny, man. I know one guy who read the art of war. I went to school with him, uh, and he read it in junior high. And I'm like, you fucking loser, dude. That's you're not going cool. to war, bitch. Like, and then this was the co- I think I talked about him <laughs> on the pod. He was the guy who like went as either a cop or a secret service agent every year for Halloween for the entire time that I knew him. Well. I don't think you did talk about him on the pod. I feel like I would have remembered this. <laughs> <laughs> He'd always wear, like, tactical backpacks and, like, he uh, just, like, had all the shit already. Like, he'd yeah. wear handcuffs and shit sometimes. It was so funny. Anyway, he's a member of the conservative party now, so <laughs> he he's actively working with the UCP. So, for me, that just validated my whole worldview. So, are you saying that's my future now that I've become tactical? I'm just saying if... You, you can be tactical or you can read The Art of War, but if you do both, you're going to join the UCP. That, and that's the thing about it, right? Is like if you want to be a macho guy, you can't read books. You got to go all in. You can't know philosophy. You can't be quoting Sun Tzu. If, if you try and straddle the fence, you just end up Joe Rogan. Yeah. Get a fucking gun. Go out into the bushes. Shoot a hunter that you mistook for a deer and live your life. Yeah. Just do it. Do what feels right. Do what makes you feel alive. Yeah, but y- you're either a book guy or a bushes guy. Yeah, stop trying to be a book in the bushes guy. You're not that. Yeah. Nobody's that. It's yeah. It's like the Travis Scott st- song. Stop trying to be God. Exactly. Do you think Joe Rogan's ever heard that song? No, I don't. I think he's only heard sicko mode. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think he listens to, man? Like, what kind of? I always wonder what kind of music the fucking nerds of the culture listen to white stripes yeah you telling me joe rogan doesn't listen to seven nation army i'll call you a liar i'm telling you i've never heard that song or band but i know he listens it's, to that. it's the type of song it's it is the type of song that they'll play at every sporting game <laughs> yeah, bum, 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 bum. oh yeah I've heard, i like that one <laughs> um, but yeah no i feel like it's just like pump up classic rock yes yeah that guy listens to a lot of journey listens to aerosmith um, do you think Jordan Peterson was listening to when he was in his Zan coma? <laughs> Russian Zan coma, which is also my rap name. I think he only listened. I c- can only imagine he listened to Vivaldi's Four Seasons over and over and over. Yeah. And was like, I, I'm noticing things. I, I don't want to do drive and I don't like Jordan. Do it a fucking impression on the podcast, Ken. Hit me with one. I fuck man I haven't listened to enough Jordan Peterson recently to be able to do an impression of him yeah I can't do impressions of anybody I just really wish one of us could <laughs> somebody at, at work somebody asked me if I could do impressions and I'm like yeah I can do impressions and I thought and it's like okay who do we have one guy that you and I know another guy only you and I know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all my impressions are mean and very specific <laughs> all my impressions are of people I used to be friends with <laughs> yeah um, yeah, I don't know. Something about like 
Jordan Peterson listening to Shiesty Season in the coma, just being like, I'm going to fucking get all my clout back in blood when I get out of here. Yeah. That's yeah. Just off the top yeah. Maybe, maybe, uh, Zandup Peterson really just liked Lil Dirk. Maybe, maybe he I was think, laying there in the coma and he's like, this isn't what I want. I think Zandup anybody probably likes Lil Dirk. If I had to guess, I think that's what Xanax does to you. Jordan Peterson's just lying in there in his med- in his Russian medically induced coma, being like, "I terrify my city." <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Peterson starts calling himself the voice, <laughs> the voice of the intellectual dark web, the voice of the repressed man, <laughs> the voice of men who can't get hard, no matter how much they would like to. You know what's like terminally funny about Jordan Peterson is like we we can never like take him serious or else we'll be like you just can't right at this point but the funniest thing is like i've heard some people review his books and it sounds like if we read his book and considered nothing else about him like it's written for guys like us yeah my mom got me his book (laughs) i keep it in my drawer so nobody can see that i own that book the funniest thing is i'll never even look at that book and it probably would change my life well, I mean, it's all shit that it's like it's like for guys who have like nothing going on and their lives are fucked, and he's just like, you guys should try making your bed. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, that'll make you feel better, but it, like you also, it's also uh, like we riffed that on episode four. Yeah, of this no, podcast. we discovered that on by myself because I got so bored. I made my bed once. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, let's see what all the hubbub's about. Uh, I don't know. Do you have anything you want to say to this or anything else you have to say about this movie? You think it was weird that Mr. Miyagi just carved like four pumpkins for Halloween? I mean, yeah, the only time I've ever carved a pumpkin, uh, in my adult life is when a girl I was dating wanted to carve pumpkins. And even then I was thinking like, why are we doing this? Hmm. This is too early for, you still talk to her? Nope. Oh, cause I was going to say, I love carving pumpkins. It seemed like the Cobra Kai sensei was the guy who wanted to bully Daniel, actually. It seemed like the other guy was just his, like, proxy war person. You're kind of right, because, I mean, like, he was the guy who gave the order to try and break his Daniel's leg. Yeah, he, he ordered the kneecapping. Imagine that. Imagine <laughs> being a 40-year-old man, an ex-military guy who's now, now, a, now a white karate teacher, just ordering hits on boys. Yeah, I mean... Isn't that what this is all about? Isn't that what we're working towards? If someone offered... Sensei Bradley? If someone came up to me and they were like, Sensei Bradley, I would do a hit on any boy you wanted. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I would smile. You're telling me you don't have a list of boys whose legs you want broken right now? I don't have a list. I don't know if I would use the service, but the corners of my mouth would perk up. You know, what I'd, I'd, yeah, you, you'd like that somebody's <laughs> willing to do that for you. Yeah, I get yeah. that. I'd stare off into the distance. I'd give myself a little sigh of relief. I'd say I made it. Nice. Keep that in my back pocket. Yeah. Do you think it's funny that the only mention of First Nations in this whole movie is a history teacher calling them primitive? Yeah, and he's only like asking about them to get out of getting his ass beat. Yeah, Daniel's like, hey, Mr. History Teacher, can you explain this thing to me? And he, he just, like, says something racist and then trails off. Yep. That really reminds me of going to school for sure. Yeah, I guess, hey? That's, like, I'm pretty sure, like, that's still how it was referred to when I was in high school. Yeah, I mean, I would say we only started using the word indigenous when I was around grade 7. 
No, I mean like saying it's a primitive culture. Oh, just then, because their tools were different. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, it's so funny that like Europeans will like just I feel like Europeans just judge cultures based on if they live in houses that look like Europeans or not. I think. Do you guys have ties? No. I got bad news for you. <laughs> I got bad news. You're stuck in the Stone Age then. I think Europeans used to judge every other culture based on how many metric tons of smoke they blasted into the air out of That's, their factories. You're right, actually. They came over here, they saw a clear sky, and they were like, the fuck even is that? Are they living with? Are they living in balance with the land and harmony with nature? Pretty, pretty primitive, pretty basic, if you ask me. Yeah. It's like, no. Yeah, what's more primitive, like uh, just like you going out and foraging everything you need and want, or you like stealing a guy from somewhere else to work in the factory that makes everything you want? I'm literally trying to build my life around getting back to a point where I can just live and forage off the land. Yeah, it turns out they might have nailed it. I think they had it figured out then, actually. Yeah. I mean, how many... Primitive Mark, culture, more like final solution culture. Hey, <laughs> that's you had it going there, and then you used the wrong <laughs> but word in like a in a good way. Hey, look, man, if I can if I can actively make sure I'm not saying final solution <laughs> on this podcast, so can you. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that's what it meant. <laughs> uh, when I was growing up, it was thought of as normal to say things like that. I didn't know that word carried so much weight. And to anyone that I hurt with that word, I apologize. I'm a different person now. My views have changed. And I hope that you can recognize that in me. This is your final apology. Yeah, I just copied (laughs) that word for word. That's awesome. I feel like I couldn't have done the training no questions asked. I feel like Mr. Miyagi's methods are too questionable. Yeah, no, Mr. Miyagi should have been a little more clear about what his methods were. Because, I mean, like, I would have been into it. You know, I'm I'm all for mastering the basics. I love a Zen guy. I like a Zen guy, but I just can't handle not understanding things. That see, that's the thing. It's like he, I wouldn't have even painted his fence. He would have been like, paint the fence. I would have been like, I'm here to learn karate, idiot. Yeah, I'm not here to paint a fence. I'm not here to wax a car. I'm not even really here to be friends with you. Quite frankly, yeah. I'm here to beat up a kid at school. <laughs> Can you help or no? I'm here to beat the shit out of a guy and then steal his girlfriend. Yeah, are you are you on board with my plan or no? <laughs> Man, do you think Danielson was the original Jim from The Office? Sort of a guy everyone thinks is good, but he's actually evil and conniving. Yeah, he kind of sucks. Yeah, he might be. I feel like uh, yeah, I think Daniel Daniel is a. Uh, I feel like Daniel kind of. It really reminds me of like that fucking main character mentality. Now you see a lot of fucking. Uh, people on like TikTok and Instagram have where they're like, you're the main character. And it's just like that. Just like they say that, like it gives them a license to be shitty to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I think that um, everyone sees themselves that way, even if they're not annoying online. Yeah. But like you shouldn't, like, I'm not saying I don't see myself like that, but I'm also like purposely trying to not every time I catch myself thinking that I'm like, no. Yeah. I try my best, but I find it's a, it kind of reminds me of that, like uh, the smart, like getting smarter and thinking you're dumber thing. Where yeah. it's like every time I catch myself doing something toxic, I, I just notice myself doing more toxic shit. Like it yes. just never ends, man. It's fucked. So I, what I am saying is, Ooh. if I was in this position, I would have been exactly Daniel's son, except I would have lost the fight. <laughs> 
Yeah, I would. I wouldn't have gotten into the fight. There's no fucking way I yeah, could I watch. Yeah, would have ran from the fight. <laughs> Man, I was watching uh, I, the second time I watched this movie. Uh, my roommate Charles was there behind me, yeah. and he did not understand. Like, because we've been watching a lot of UFC lately, he did not understand the concept of a children's karate tournament where they ended after the first strike. Yeah, why you, didn't he get it? He thought it should be to the death. Yeah, I guess he thought because he just kept seeing. <laughs> all kid fights end in knockout he's only seen ufc i mean that's like what he's basing everything off of but like okay that's i that's just thought that was funny second. to me and then you think about it and you're like who knows what ufc is but doesn't know what a fight is what a boys karate tournament is i don't know how do you not un- <laughs> whatever that's awesome man. i just thought that was very funny that i had to explain like yeah no it's not, it's not nobody has to tap here there's a ref <laughs> yeah, it's like they do it sort of more toned down yeah it's more about the fundamentals less since about killing since it's for children and all you know less brain damagey uh what do you think our parents learned from this movie or do you have anything else you want to well, I said a couple things earlier. Um, what I would like to say is it's funny to me that, like, all the chores he's forced to do in training, like, they don't actually really le- teach him the motions because Mr. Miyagi has to edit every single motion, like, after once he's explaining yeah. that it applies to fighting. He's like, yeah, so wax on, wax off, but, like, don't do the whole motion. Just some of the way, you know, like the first eighth of the wax is all you really need <laughs> it's like why do we need all these middle steps and why did i wax that whole car then mr miyagi i think mr miyagi secretly was getting something out of this i think I of course he was i don't know if it was all training he had a maintenance guy and a drinking buddy that was what miyagi got out of it. he didn't have to pay school fees this movie is actually just about how mr miyagi weaseled his way out of being the maintenance guy that's a good point he really <laughs> stopped showing up to work once he started training daniel <laughs> Yeah, this movie taught our parents to work smarter, not harder, I think. That's true. Um, Also, yeah, just, like, be overprotective. Hey, this movie, I think, like, I I went into it thinking it was going to be stupid, right? I think it has, like, as many personal growth things as, like, Fight Club and, like, all those movies that we thought were going to be dumb, but they turned out to be... Like, they turned out to have something in them, you know? I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, I definitely respected this movie more at the end of it than uh i did just based on hearing my grade six teacher do racist quotes from this movie yeah because it's like it's one of the rare fighting movies that's about peace right it's, it's not a lot re- like yeah. american sniper that way you know in that I mean? way yes absolutely where movie. chris kyle is using that as a means to an end which is peace yeah daniel LaRusso is uh but it's i mean it's kind of daniel's also kind of a piece of shit and fighting this guy even when he, he doesn't really need to yeah i know i was just shoehorning i, I know I, and, I, sniper, and, I, and i'm here for it man. <laughs> i want to make that clear that i support you in that shoehorn but uh yeah no i mean like i also like that this movie's like it's less about the fighting and more about the journey of uh self self-improvement like like we said before the fighting is literally like most of it's done in a montage yeah. the whole movie is training which is like it might not be the most fucking eye-grabbing, action-packed movie in the world, but goddamn, as a kid who, uh, you know, only sees those eye-grabbing, action-packed movies, I think Karate Kid would be a nice change of pace. Yeah, it was a cool way to flip it on its head. I really liked um, Miyagi's, like, energy toward fighting in this when he's just talking about how, like, those guys learn karate to fight. But yeah. I, you know why I learn it? So I don't have to fight. Exactly. Boom. Mic drop. Absolutely. Miag drop. Miag drop. And uh, then the other thing about, like, 
when they go to the dojo and uh the guy's like, okay, Daniel's like, okay, so where do I go? And he's like, I don't I've never been to one of these. All my fights have been to the death in the street. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, never fought in a gym before. Uh, I just kill, actually. This is as new to me as it is to you. Yeah. Um, Daniel probably had the worst birthday party out of any child in history. What was his birthday party? He had cake with Mr. Miyagi. That is weird. <laughs> he had to leave early. Um... I don't know. Did I ever tell you about my 18th birthday party? No, hit me with it. So it was supposed to it was supposed to be me and all my friends. We were going to go to El Cortez, the only bar in town that didn't ID me all through high school. Yeah. Um, and I was like the first one of my friends to turn 18, so that was what we had to do. But uh, my girlfriend had my girlfriend at the time had like just a bad day and like kind of lost it on me. Yeah. And so she canceled. She didn't want to, and we were fighting. And the only person who would go or who like ended up like confirming uh, was able to go to my party out, out of all these people I invited was my best friend in the world, Sean, yeah. uh, famous lighting director, <laughs> famous liar, famous liar director. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he, he, he so he was like the only guy we decided like, OK, fuck it. You know, we can't go get hammered. Let's just go see go see Batman versus Superman. Go see that movie. We get to the theaters. Turns out that movie doesn't come out for another month. Yeah. And then uh, Sean gets a call from his girlfriend. And his, uh, we decide to just go for dinner. Sean gets a call from his girlfriend. And he's like, hey, is it is it cool if uh, my girlfriend comes with us? And I just <laughs> give him a look like, are you fucking serious, dude? And then he's like, yeah, Kean says it's cool. <laughs> 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 so I just like third wheeled my 18th birthday dinner. Bro, that's hard. We went to Moxie's. I don't even like Moxie's, bro. Man. But I'm after not- that, every- and, and anybody would like complain to me about their birthday. I'm like, who fucking cares? Yeah, I don't know, man. That's all. That's like as bad as my 20th. When I, just, I wore a garbage bag as a shirt and smoked a cigarette in my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> that's all i did for that birthday like i don't know which one of those is worse dude that reminds me of you remember that time we went to go get indian food like at that place down yeah the and, I, and we like I've been made, telling this story so much lately that was such a funny one where it's like we ordered like four bags worth of food the perfect amount for two guys to carry well because it was for like there were two other people at the apartment we ordered enough food for four guys yeah. and it's like takeout so it's boxes of shit yeah and Brad's waiting there when I get a text from uh, my ex-girlfriend who I'm trying to get back together with who's on white. And I'm just like, I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then you met me at the apartment. And I think I lost some of the food on the way. <laughs> yeah, that was I felt bad about that. But also uh, we got back together for a time. So, yeah, it was worth it. And I supported you. It was worth it for me, for sure. I was wishing for the best for you the whole time. Um <laughs> Yeah, I guess my final thoughts on this movie is, like, I wanted it to be lame. I wanted to think it was corny. I can't. It's just, it's too epic of a story about a guy who is a pimp. It was a really good movie, honestly. I wish Daniel wasn't such a, like, shitty kid. But honestly, like, he seems like he gets better by the end of the movie. Like, you don't really know for sure because there's no scenes of him being existing at school in, in, you know, a social situation after he has his fight but like you can only assume in karate kid 2 he probably sucker punched people a little less he probably uh stopped spraying people with the hose unwarranted and he was you know yeah he was a cool guy maybe learned to respect people a little more yeah once he has the confidence he needed from winning the fight he was able to 
just be chill. Plus, he's got balance now, so he probably didn't spill any spaghetti. On That's himself. a very good point. He probably never spilled anything again after this movie. Yeah, like I feel like this movie, it's like listening to Smash Mouth, right? Because it's like it's funny on the surface, like you giggle at it, right? But then it's also making you a man subconsciously. Yeah, exactly. It's making you think. It's exposing you to different ideas that you normally never would have. Smash yeah. Mouth and Karate Kid have a lot going on. Before I watched Shrek, I never would have thought that I was a rock star. Hey, now you are. Yeah, a rock star, and I just got my game on. <laughs> we just went and played. That's and now the we're about to get paid. Thank you for listening to this podcast, and uh, make sure you run those mid-roll ads back. Yeah, listen to them as many times oh, as you can. Fuck, you know what we forgot to do is say in the middle, "Hey, we'll be right back after a brief word from our sponsor." Edit that in wherever it needs to go. I'm not. I'm leaving it at the end. Yeah, well, and then people will get it once they listen to the, <laughs> yeah. the mid-roll ad will just come out of nowhere. Yeah, it'll be an assault on your ears. Yeah. That's fine. I wonder what it's going to be for. What do you think we're advertising on this? That's the funny thing is we signed a deal where it's like, we'll advertise uh, whatever. I don't know. I would assume like something bad. Like, probably, don't say that. We're going to get dropped. I mean, probably a great product. Probably Cushy Dreams or Blue Chew, if you I were what? to hazard a guess. I bet you it's something I personally use and I personally enjoy. I bet it's a Ridge Wallet. Yeah. So I bet it's MailChimp. <laughs> we're just like shaking the box. I on bet Christmas this is. An, Day I now. bet we're gonna have an ad for Stamps.com <laughs> right in the middle of this. What if we get de de advertised because we said all these company names? Can't be done. Yeah, that's true. Twentieth Century Fox is who I think. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks for listening. We're brought to you here by Comedy Here Often, and we might also be brought to you by Blackwater. We don't know yet. Um, yeah, we can't make those jokes right now. It's sort of a bad time. So just comedy here often. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs>